and welcome to the show. I got C.A. Knubel on here of Ho on the Run. It's also known for comedy and <laughs> acting work. How are you? <laughs> oh, good. How on the go? How on the go? <laughs> on the go, aren't we all? I'm on the go. I'm your host, yep. Soli, and I was just thinking of just collaborating with just basically all of Twitter. And keep in mind, this was pre-Elon Musk takeover, but yeah, uh, uh, CA had some cool options, and I was like, you know what? We haven't really done a book special, so I'm going to just list our top 10 books. I'll list five, she lists five, and be simple. <laughs> You'd think it'd be simple. <laughs> right. It's and hard when you read a lot to pick to pick top books. Yeah, I, I was struggling to make it to an actual like top 10. I was like, you know, I can't do it. I can do five. Uh, the rest would be like casual, but I, you know, I was in both literature as well as women's lit. I just needed a fun elective, an excuse to just talk about books and novels and imagination versus what's on the page versus interpretation versus narrative and storytelling right. and world building. <laughs> and I just was like, yeah, you know, there, there's always, there, it was simple at first because I was like, what what are some common books that were like taught in schools? Some that are still on the getting banned every five years and which ones are like uh, just more obscure or more recent and contemporary. And I was, it, it was an interesting maze. So thank you for uh, putting me in the, between the Minotaur and <laughs> all these other <laughs> uh mazes and it was a fun challenge um yeah so, i appreciate you wanting to do it nobody ever wants to do this <laughs> we, i i like to have it be challenging and differentiating especially when we're kind of a variety podcast but that it was a cool option that you brought up because it's like you know well challenge accepted you know all these lists right. we've been making for years now we can actually share it <laughs> discuss it right. um without it sounding like clickbait or something pompous um uh, so uh, how how did, before we start, uh, how did you get into kind of reading? Well, to be honest, I am the youngest of three girls, and we're all 15 months apart. And for anybody who plays video games, there's usually a player one and a player two, not quite a player three. So I spent a lot of time by myself. And fun fact, I actually taught myself to read at five. And my mom tells the story all the time. Um, because she went to pick me up from a babysitter's house and I was reading a chapter book and she was confused and you know she took it from me because it wasn't exactly a children's book I was reading uh, um, it was one of those like adult <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those adult love novels and you know she just thought I was just playing with it but then I'm like wait I need to find out what happens to and I named one of the characters and she just looked at me like I was insane and she like, looked in the book and it was it was sure enough one of the characters and she was like you can read, you know, like, like this. So it was, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a fun time for my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I, I was reading basically like books that were like spinoffs of like pre-existing movies and shows. So I'd read some Star Wars books. I'd read some other just kind of contemporary po as well as just poetry and just, uh, and throughout the 2010s, I got into a bizarre uh, habit of just in between shopping for food and utilities and everything, just reading pretentious novels that were on the New York Times bestsellers list. And, and that is where it just hit me is like, so fucking anybody can be on this list. It doesn't matter for how long or where or how. It just it does it just happens. It just does. It is what it is. Right. Oh man. It 
it was crazy and i was just guffawing because like some of them were just like you say like a mix between <laughs> something like infamous like daniel still to something just like even more just bizarre like a stephen king kind of knockoff where he's like wait what <laughs> and then he died dum 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 it's like okay it's just weird 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 just novels and you're just like i can't even tell you what i just read but i was guffawing the whole chapter it was kind of mr right. science theater level but for books so and at the same time like i didn't think it was really even much merit in like even criticizing it because at the at the end of it it was like okay well congrats you you were able to make your own book and get it recognized and at the same time i really just don't even know how to feel about it because it just didn't leave me with anything so uh, <laughs> just moving on that was a funny experience um so yeah th this was kind of cool because we're actually just kind of talking about some books like we might have read more than once or that just left such a huge impression it blew our minds it made us just say you know that was an iconic novel because of this and that <laughs> ready right uh and no so thank you once again for this challenge uh so in no particular order uh uh, uh we can uh, uh just list a few uh i got my list you got yours uh I'll, I'll let you go with number one since you were number one for bringing this up <laughs> <laughs> Um, my number one book favorite is actually Gone with the Wind by Margaret Mitchell. Um, I know you're probably like, what? <laughs> no, no, that does make sense because it, it's still, I don't know that it's taught, but it's, it definitely comes up. You know, it was a bestseller back in the day. Say what you want about the yeah, movie, but I've heard great things. It's actually phenomenal. still, um, num it's, I think it's like, um, it's on the top 100 books of all time, uh, still to this day. <laughs> okay sweet uh, so and you just really dug how this blended romance with like post-civil war drama or right well i um i really just i love margaret mitchell to start she's got she's kind of like the underdog most people don't realize like how many quotes that she has that are actually just really powerful um as far as gone with the wind i like that it is true to its time you know, um, even the movie itself is, I know it's been under fire actually a lot because of the, you know, the racism and things like that. But at the same time, you look at the era and it kind of holds true to what it was for the time. Well, more so. or less, I think a lot of people, no, that, that's a good point because there are many, I've seen the movie a few different times because it's on all the classic movie channels endless times. And depending on your mood and like all the other classic movies depends on whether you like it or whether you acknowledge it without necessarily being a fan or consider it overrated. It's all, it all depends, but it is interesting in that. Yes. It, it, I think James L. Royce did this with LA confidential. He's like, Hey, you like the movie, but did you read my actual book? And so right. it is interesting is like, yeah, because sometimes uh and i i had so many other pals and ex-pals long story short who just would just go on back and forth it's like well and it's the same thing with comics it's like what works on a page probably won't work as a movie or vice versa it works better as a movie because but it was a flawed chapter in an otherwise entertaining book or something and uh 
what we see on screen that lasts for maybe two minutes might be five to ten pages worth. We don't know until right. we see it. And well, there are there yeah. are just a lot of really good quotes in that book. I was just going to add. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. And so this resonated with you because you you dug the characterization and the details. So that's that's cool. That's yep. had a lot of powerful quotes. That um actually one of them I'm looking to get tattooed. So. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there's one on reputation. And basically, it says, until you've lost your reputation, you never know what a burden it was or what freedom really is. And you kind of sit mm. and think about that, like how powerful that statement is. Yeah, that's pretty gripping. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not thought about enough, especially when we see so many people abusing social media. And it's like, yeah, well, if you were in a third part world country, you'd lose a finger for that off-color remark. Just saying. <laughs> Right. Be fortunate that you're here and not, you know, overseas where they don't take too kindly to criticism and then some. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's also because as a generation, that's like what we chase is a reputation. It's like all we work for. You know, do you have a good reputation? Do you have a bad one? When we're not thinking yeah, like infamous, how free it is to, to not have it. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So that that's badass. So in no order. I'm just going to pick for number two, uh, 1984 by George Orwell. I That's a great choice. Uh, it may not be one that you're going to like constantly like reread or what have you, but once you get through it, and in my case, you know, I was reading as part of class and everyone takes a turn reading a chapter. Uh, my mind was just constantly blowing because, you know, I was all into, I got into reading cyberpunk books by William Gibson years later, as well as just plenty of other just apocalyptic and sci-fi books. There's still this one that it's like Battlefield Earth, but good. Like, I don't know the name of it. And I still, I've joined various book groups and everything, and no one can tell me what it is. I have a suspicion it's the Deathlands books, but I still, I don't know. And it was a cool kind of post-apocalyptic book with an emperor and everything. So I was a natural audience for 1984 because I had just read the comic book and then seen the movie version of V for Vendetta, but I was still into that oh, whole kind of just... Oh, well, even better. We're already on the same page. This is great. But yeah. um, it was just still just kind of intriguing to just see. It's like, okay, if you had a Hitler version of America, and then <laughs> much like, again, I had been fortunate enough to read uh, the book of Fahrenheit 451. So I was already, it was a natural kind of building on that same message. It's like, what would happen if you just kind of like, you know, defunding education today by various infamous states but then go to the notch just absolutely torch books and this just i constantly would just think back to this when we had red light ticketing in certain areas before states would sue some of those cameras uh i, I even looked at worked at a library and heard someone even mother in the back one time oh at even a half price books you know that's gonna actually just go to the landfill <laughs> It's a right. book. You can't. And so it, in many ways, I think it just affects my thinking in many ways. And it just even annoys me even more when people will just shout out terms like fascist or what have you, just because they disagree. It's like, uh, 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 you know, that, it, just like when people abuse uh, any other political platform, like, you know, don't call rape if you're just, you know, unless that actually happened, don't shout fire in a crowded theater if you're just pulling a prank yeah. don't abuse that privilege and so the same kind of deal here is like do not you know you know 
uh, do an actual like government action that affects other people unless you are certain you have actually voted this in and this is happening and it just it it just blew my mind and just I have yet to see some of the rare hard to find like TV adaptations of it I know I didn't care for the actual 80s made movie version of it but uh, the book I think it's just hard to adapt and that's kind of the more why I like it even more. I don't have any shitty version of a movie to compare it to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a failed adaptation. Like, uh, but for instance, the other day I I, I announced to my mother is like, hey, I have the ultimate Blu-ray collection of Planet of the Apes and what have you. And she she doesn't know about that. She knows about the two thousands awful remake. I'm like, and it was very apparent from what she was describing. I'm like, okay, so you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, when you talk Star Trek, it's like, are you talking about the new, you know, lens flare mindless movies? Or are you talking about the deep, you know, mind blowing yeah. other versions of it? So it's like, cool on you, whatever version you like, but just some people just, they, they, they don't, they don't get into the same gear. And I think this book is just very intriguing because you you were left to your own vision of what all these military and dictator futuristic characters all look like and they're all kind of part of the same voice echoing in all these viewpoints of this chaotic totalitarian society dystopia in a way and it's it's just creepy in a way and it's not even a horror novel it's just uh, I I kind of would get chills just kind of down my spine is like, what would I do? It's just if I lived in this terrible society, but, you know, just again, the immortal line, you know, big brothers watching you and just, I'll see people throw that out every once in a while. And uh, I think it just affects my politics as well as every once in a while, I, I will just, you know, just see someone signing in a bill. Uh, I think when the SOPA bill got signed in, that was like trying to, censor internet searches and everything I, that's where i was like oh, okay so big brother really is watching us <laughs> right and <laughs> uh, uh, you know i i'm cool with hey you know trying to crack down on creeps on the internet or just you know just track down just uh anything like pe people had their work stolen so therefore you're gonna you know uh, do that but when it got into other like abuses of homeland security that's where i was like whoa hey you know just because someone looks up a you know an article about terrorism doesn't mean they're a terrorist come on <laughs> don't be that paranoid right oh uh, so yeah i i, I did, did you ever read this book sorry i've talked way too long <laughs> that's okay i have read the book i i have <laughs> i do i do really like that book so okay i because you know, there are just plenty of books who is like, hey, I acknowledge it, but I just couldn't read it. The diction was a little too tight. Like, I, I, some people might find this sacrilege, but you might be this way with Tom Clancy, where it's like, hey, I like his premise, but I don't like how he describes too much detail on a, you know, carrier ship or a, you know, submarine. It's just repetitive. And then there's others who is like, again, the description's the best part, but you kind of, don't really like the flow of the story it's interesting when you read a book how you might not it might be a bestseller but it's not necessarily uh an intriguing read or again it's just a one-time scoop or maybe it's a skim read i don't know <laughs> you know yeah uh but no yeah i uh, it it just 
blew my mind and it just i think it's an important just uh tall tale while also just being a good dystopian sci-fi book so i'm just throwing it out there <laughs> yes yeah. what is your number three <laughs> My number three is actually called Alice, and it's I'm big on Alice in Wonderland. It's um, you know one of my favorites. This is a beautiful twist. It's by someone named Christina Henry, and just to give like a kind of short synopsis, it's kind of like um, there's no real Wonderland. It's just more like the rich and the poor, and they're separated in two areas. And Alice is kind of a rich girl, and her and her friend go into that poor area that's kind of off limits. This is and a things happen novel, for those who don't know. Yeah, sorry. And it's actually um, there's more than one book now. I didn't even know that. There's a whole series, but um, so I'm on Amazon buying books right now. No I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but um, in, in this book, her and her friend kind of go there. Things happen, and she ends up in a mental institution because of it. Um, because she's talking about these crazy things, and her family is just like, we're not dealing with this. And there's um, a guy that she meets, uh, you know, they call him Hatcher, but really it's kind of like the Hatter for her. And there's the something that hatter. happens and they escape. Yeah. Um, there's something that happens and they escape and they're kind of just like running from this monster and there's magic and it's kind of like, you know, gang territories and things like that. So it's just mm -hmm. really cool read. Um, it's one of my favorite books. I must have read it at least six times just because it puts like that mental health aspect to it where she is crazy. Mm. Is she not crazy? And, you know, the gang turf thing and, you know, just seeing um, how that plays out is just really cool. That is very unique. So, cause they're, it's hard to write fantasy without being accused of stealing from just whatever, you know, rings, Miss of Avalon to, you know, the billionth, you know, Conan the Barbarian or Lord of the Rings type, you know, icon so this is cool that this author you know i was not familiar with this but i you know pulled it up as soon as you brought it up and it's just interesting how again she she writes about what she loves just do a twist just twist it around the, your popular grimm's fairy tales and what have you and that's uh, i'm yeah. looking at some of her other stuff she's had and i think my sister might have brought up one of these on a casual conversation so this is uh, cool fine fine yeah, I, I really like too because there's nothing fantasy about it. Like it's all pretty much horror and just you know, <laughs> it's really gripping. But you know, it's kind of like taking Not your flashy. favorite fairy tale character <laughs> and putting them in like real life gritty situations. You know, uh, even better. Uh, something that the viewer can at least relate to and just be like, "Oh shit, just got real." <laughs> yes, absolutely. So sweet that. That will be something for those listening to look up because, you know, creativity is still around, guys. <laughs> definitely, definitely. It exists. it exists. Oh, so that's awesome. So num my number four, I'm going to go with, oh, man, I'm going with S.E. Hinton, another female author, The Outsiders. That's a good choice, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you read this one? <laughs> uh there isn't much I haven't read. <laughs> okay, well honest. nice. No, no, you'd be surprised. So that's awesome. Um uh yeah, this was another one. I think I read it in junior high and then I read it in high school. It, it was just a common occurrence. Like there wasn't any encounter where people weren't not reading it. <laughs> and, and I I just 
I, I dug this and I still to this day fucking hate the movie version. But anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say that. That was this is one that I've actually seen the movie before I read the book. So I was like, there's no way. And then I read the book, I was like, oh, this is so much better. <laughs> yeah, it has dev and you watch the movie and you're just like, even with watching the director's cut, you're just like, there's barely anything adapted into it. Like in my version, I even casually would bring this up with uh one of my former aunts. She's she's now just a friend because she divorced from the family but she was all into pop culture and everything and we even just go back and forth it's like okay if there's one good casting they did definitely was patrick swayze as Derry, just the older brother who's the watchdog i, I just dug the whole just story of pony boy and cherry soda yeah. i think was her name just everybody's on the run just and you know i was picked on as a kid so i just instantly related to the whole just fighting against bullies but be the bigger man this isn't some karate kid bullshit this is just it's just on the run kind of a fugitive just kind of and kind of uh going into kind of what william s burroughs and other authors were talking about just the whole beatnik generation and i liked how they humanized them everything thing and it wasn't like say just their outlaws or modern day neo-western although if you wanted to go that angle you could but like i i imagine just so many of the other things like one of the other uh troubled kids just you know when when they describe how he robbed a liquor store or something i'm like oh i'm imagining yeah. like a terminator type shootout or some shit <laughs> i was imagining all kinds of things and i but i unfortunately you know i just if I wouldn't even mind a minority version of this, you could totally do uh, something right. with an all-star uh, black cast or something. I, I I wouldn't care as long as they just really went in depth. And you know, I've read some other casual essay Hinton books, but like this this book just is a gem. And I will always, if I someone wanted me to just buy books for them, like what are your top books? I would buy this in a pack with. Uh, other stuff that we'll mention shortly but it's like please just even if you don't love it at least give it a skim just because that there is some juicy details i like the quirks and dialogue of these characters it's it's dynamite but yeah <laughs> oh man uh but yeah i'm sorry you had to watch the movie version before yeah after i watched the movie version i was like there's no way this is this bad like there's got to be something better for this yeah it's just a very mediocre movie and i i, I get that i i it just i would even casually mention it with other people and they're like oh you don't like it i loved it growing up i'm like well because you were distracted by the stars whose careers it made it doesn't have anything to do with the actual narrative right. which there really isn't much of any it's just show up uh 20s style music plays and then beat each other in the rain and like okay so <laughs> uh, right okay so what is your number five <laughs> so um for me this is it's kind of it's three books and but there's three separate books but i kind of wrote them into one um <laughs> there it's tithe valiant and ironside they're by holly black i like them because it has elements of fantasy and real world uh, my favorite is actually valiant but that's the second in the tr in the trilogy there that's kind of why i wanted to mention all three um oh, they're each gotcha. can be read independently but they include characters from past books okay so this is by holly black and this is the modern fairy tales of 2019 okay sweet yes 
So my favorite is actually Valiant. And just to give like a kind of short, sweet, and to the point uh, description, a girl and her boyfriend are supposed to go to a hockey game. Um, she ends up, he doesn't show up. So she goes home and he's doing things with her mother. So she kind of loses her mind, hops on a train and shaves off all her hair and ends up living in the tunnels in New York with a couple other people. And they start doing something called Never, which is kind of a drug, but it's um, <laughs> kind of like fairy dust, basically, uh, um, where you can kind sure. of shift reality and stuff and she becomes addicted. Does and it make them there's hallucinate? just. No, it literally makes them change reality. Like, for example, they go into pe- uh, somebody's house and they're like trying on all their clothes and stuff. The people are like, yes, please come in because they can, they tell them, like, you want us to be here and they believe it because they're on the never. So they kind of like, um, can change and persuade people and persuade reality mm. so it's just a very cool read it's her kind of um getting really addicted and you know she meets somebody who's a troll and there's of course love in there and just battles and just a whole big thing but it, it's just a really cool read and it's really cool how she kind of adds like real world struggles with fairy tale elements it's the same with tithe um the first book in the series so they're like top five books so <laughs> Nice. Uh, so definitely worth the read. I, I just lo- well, I I believe you. I uh, I I looked it up, and uh, she's apparently won like just about every other award you can think of, including uh, the Nebula Award. I mean, it's top honors there. Yeah, honor. she she's an incredible person. Uh, it's funny because I uh, <laughs> I tell people all the time because I like commented on something that she had posted online and she liked my comment and I like raved on that for like, like months because <laughs> she's like one of my top favorite authors you know just because of how cra- like how crazy some of the stuff she comes up with is but it's so great you know it's just like this lady must be some 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 kind of crazy but the best kind you know <laughs> I mean, the imagination came from somewhere and whether it was from being bored or just actually just I want to do this and just doing being up all night and then outlining it again and again until it made coherent sense. And it was her style, you know, whatever you got to right. do. And I mean, and I mean, even the first one, it's like this girl and her mom and her mom's like a band. She's in a band. She don't really pay attention to her. And this girl's like going through things, you know, kind of by herself. So there's just a lot of emotion in her books and a lot of you know, things that we can relate to. And that one is actually uh, based in New Jersey. So uh, it's just, it's it's really cool how she adds that elements of fairy tale and real life, you know, but the worst parts of real life, you know, there's some like inappropriate touching and, you know, setting oh, boundaries geez. and dealing with parents that aren't that great, you know, so Oof. yeah, is really, really great stuff. Very brutal. Uh, like what, what age range is this? I would definitely say it's young adult. Um, yeah, I'd say probably, you know, like at least 13 and up. <laughs> um, there's, it's not that there's any, you know, like, um, sexual assault scenes, you know, but just like somebody trying to touch her inappropriately and her setting her boundary and how it affected her and her friendship and things like that. So, um, there are some adult themes, but it is a young adult book. They're all three adult, young adult books. I definitely say Valiant, uh, safer when you're a little older. I wouldn't let a 13 year old read that one just because of the scene with the mother and the boyfriend. But um, you know, it doesn't get too descriptive. But it's you know enough. Gotcha. Okay. Well, hey, this is how we figure it out. Is you know we only know until we actually look it up. So. Right. 
Okay, so that was uh I'm sorry. I think that I was can't. three. That was your number five, my bad. Yeah. And that no, was that was number three for me. Because it did go with the win, Alice, and then this one. Okay. Well, shit. <laughs> okay. Five all together because you gave your two. <laughs> Even no matter how I list it, I will always lose track of it. So I will just take your word. I got you. I got you. I've written Okay. Uh, so I am going to go with uh, wherever this is in our the whole top 10 list. Uh, this is my number three, which is J.R.R. Tolkien's the hobbit nice the i first... thought you were gonna say lord of the rings i was no, like how no. that book was so hard to get through <laughs> yeah absolutely i only got through it due to my grandmother and she wasn't even crazy about the movies plot twist um so <laughs> so yeah just i'll take a big step back basically uh i read this in sixth grade fell in love with it and back when uh uh, my mother would actually get me and my siblings around. We'd actually read before we got tired and went to bed. Uh, I ended up getting a renting a copy of this from, from the library and reading this, and it was kind of a hit. People liked just talking about it, describing the various stuff, and uh, just everything from how the dwarves were described to escaping goblins and spiders in the, in the forest. It it was an instant hit. I have read it three times. So yeah, it, it made an impression on me and I, I, I look, I recommend it to anybody. It's absolutely, it, it's actually why it, and it didn't take long before I, you know, I, I saw the Lord of the Rings movies and saw one of the final one in the theater, but I'm, uh, long story short, never cared for them making a trilogy of the, book version of the hobbit let alone just it didn't work for me as a movie at all like just it was very drawn out but i this book just spoke so highly to me and so for the longest time because i watched you know the lord of the rings trilogy non-stop i eventually you know actually gave the the actual book and even most of the Silmarillion a moment of my time and was able to read it with my grandmother and uh i I mean, that is all great and good in its own right and everything. So I am a pretty huge fan of Tolkien's poems and what have you. But The Hobbit just speaks louder than words to me, probably because it's just extremely just vivid with its imagery. There's a lot of other laid back humor and you relate to Bilbo because he's basically the outsider, much like we are, you know, going on this unusual adventure. And right. I, I just, uh, I, I can't recommend it anymore. I just think it is a very neat read. What are you reading a cliff notes versus reading the actual version of one of the, you know, transcribed, you know, books. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think anyone really loses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you, you read Lord of the Rings first. Did you ever read the Hobbit? <laughs> Uh, I have read The Hobbit. I read. I want to say I read The Hobbit. I still have yet to fully get through Lord of the Rings because I have all of it in one book. Yeah. And it, it's kind of something that you have to really have quiet and you really got to be determined to pay attention. And I have ADHD. You, mm -hmm. So <laughs> it's something yeah. I kind of pop out, pop in, pop out, pop in. So. Truth be told, the, the actual movie version of 
Lord of the Rings, like whether you're watching the theatrical or extended cuts, they pretty much got most of it down to a T. On rare occasions, I would see actual Tolkien fans on forums or in person say, I cared, didn't care for the movies. I like the book better, but uh, they really didn't change too terribly much up. Like really the minor stuff is probably just in a nutshell, they skipped the Tom Bombadil chapter, even though they had an actual actor and filmed the scene and made a trading card of him, because it's re- it's kind of redundant as a movie. It's like, basically, they spend a night in his forest and then say, oh, well, so he won't be able to show this from the ring. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's it. And then um, uh, from that point on, uh, the, the elves, for whatever reason, are it actually works better cinematically they're at they're at, they were actually in you know return of the king and at Minas Tirith but they decided no just have them be at Helm's Deep instead in two towers but any other choices uh you know Arwen really only comes near the end you know on horseback with the other elves but you know for movie version it makes sense to have her right. save the hobbits and but for the most part you know it all pretty much just blends together you it, and whether or not you want to read it or not, you know, it's still some very intense imagery. But like you say, it is a long haul. You can't have any distraction. And but if you really set your mind to it, you can have a totally different interpretation of it. In some ways, I always got felt like uh, those Dunedain Rangers were painted as almost kind of a Highlander-ish kind of people versus right. in the movies where it's like, hey, you know, they're scouts, they're almighty men, but it's, it, you have all this other just kind of stuff that, yeah, you can pretty much, regardless of whether you've seen any movies or TV shows that are fantasy, you can have your own interpretation of it, and I think that's why it's just kind of always been a best-selling fantasy book that inspired others, but yeah, Hobbit, I just recommend, just because it's shorter, you uh, and what drove me just crazy when I saw the movie version was just how they would just they elongated just the whole like escape from like uh, the Wood Elves uh, prison. I'm just like, why? Why did that become like three different battle scenes? Like, just no need. It didn't contribute anything. <laughs> right. That's like my and and my personal. Uh, I'm I'm not a stickler for you got to adapt every chapter of the book, but just come up with something better if you don't like that chapter for a reason but i was like yeah that's like the least interesting chapter to me so i don't know why you anyone would even just want to elongate it just stretch it out <laughs> it just doesn't right whatever, whatever. It, it is what it is nothing i can do it was going to be made one way or the other um but the the book is just very neat and i like how bilbo is kind of a humorous uh guy uh it actually made me, I think, understand and accept Lord of the Rings movies better. I I did re watch some of those cheesy cartoons from the 70s, so that was interesting. But uh yeah, altogether, I mean, it I I I think it's just an easier read and just a fun adventure. And I, I think most people can get into it regardless of whether they've seen any version of it. But yeah, no, I don't have anything else. <laughs> if you have any <laughs> closing thoughts. Uh, no, no, I think you pretty much covered it. Okay. <laughs> ah, so what is next on your list? <laughs> so next on my list, where did I just put it? <laughs> I just had it in front of me, sorry. No, it's fine. I, 
All right, here my, we go. My phone keeps going to sleep. I'm like, yeah, that's what, that's what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> so next, uh, I, it's just an author in general, uh, Jane Austen. And I know that's like, what are you, an old lady? But it's, you know. Um, <laughs> I knew many it, It's true. <laughs> but it's not what you would think it is. It's not Pride and Prejudice like everyone else, although that is a honorable mention for me. It's actually Persuasion is one of my favorite books. And the movie adaptation they made was pretty good too because uh, it followed the book pretty well. But it's, you know, about um, not listening to everybody else. It's kind of this this woman, she meets this guy, you know, but he didn't have any money. So her family, because they were very rich, would not let her be with him. And he goes off and on his own little adventure. And then 10 years or so later, I believe it is, you know, he comes back and he's just like well-established and everything like that. And it's them kind of... Um, realizing that it was outside sources that kind of pulled them apart and her just kind of saying, you know, screw you to her family and being with them anyway. So <laughs> just a great love story about like not listening to what everybody else has to think about your relationship and just kind of following what you want and your heart, you know, and, well, what's to live your best life. Sir? Persuasion. Persuasion. Okay. Shoot. So I, I'm a dipshit. I do not know this. I've seen plenty of adapted versions of Pride and Prejudice. I actually even like the movie, the Jane Austen Book Club, because I think it's a realistic look at having a book club. There's, a, there's another one, too, a movie that they made. It's got the chick from Felicity. Um, uh, Carrie I Russell. I forget what the name is. Yes, Carrie Russell. Carrie I, Russell, what is the name of that movie. King of it's Austin not book Land. club. Austin. There you go. That yeah. is a great movie, too. And it's funny because they have um, the main actor... Um, his name, J.R., J.J. Uh, Field, I'm sorry. He's like one of my favorites, Man Crush Forever. So if he's listening at any point in time, like, the I'm saying. not Tom Hiddleston, but yeah, I know who you. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he no. Like... Um, he, he plays kind of like the main love interest, but he's also in a lot of Jane Austen adaptation movies. So I just thought it was so clever that they have him in there. Jennifer Coolidge in that movie is just hilarious. It's like in the movie because the book is good too but it's just kind of like she's obsessed with jane austen and she's single as a pringle and a rich aunt dies and kind of sends her to this uh austin style getaway that most rich people do just you know and you have like uh you got to wear the costumes and everything and it's just her going through this and kind of realizing you know that you can't always get like mr darcy you know so but then she ends up with you know mr darcy so okay very neat uh, so persuasion, everybody. Persuasion. Yeah, persuasion is that. Uh, <laughs> Austin is so, just an honorable mention, but <laughs> uh, is this your favorite of Jane Austen's material? Yeah, persuasion is definitely my top book. Pride and Prejudice is a good second, and Northanger Abbey is actually a third for me. Uh, but I love all of her books. So uh, nice. So this is in her top ten, though. If you had to, uh, how many books has Jane Austen done for dipshits like me who don't know? Oh, that is a good question because even I don't have the answer to that. Um, <laughs> the okay. Well, um, but uh, so I got so were you just uh, in general already a fan of just period piece and costume dramas and intrigue? Yeah, um, complete book. She has six complete novels. Oh, six. So yeah, you know, Sense and Sensibility, Emma, Persuasion, Pride and Prejudice, uh, Mansfield Park is another great one too. So okay. um, that I think most I of these are years ago, pretty popular. Yeah. Uh, all of them actually have movie adaptations. So <laughs> I think, is there any exception? Do they have one for 
Um, well, yeah, no, think, I think they all have adaptations. So. Why, why do you think uh, people have found out how they can market it and why it's just easier to get into? Do you think? Why, I'm sorry, I missed the question. Uh, well, why, well, why do you think her material is easy to get into and adapt? Well, I think because it kind of feeds into that womanly, you know, romance aspect of things, you know? Um, I really think that's why her books are so popular. Because, you know, it's it's just like there's always a happy ending and everybody always finds love in the end. And they actually have adaptations of her book, like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I haven't read that yet. Um, and Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters are the only two I've seen. I actually found one of them. I have it because I found it at the dollar store. And I was like, why is this a dollar? But as a side <laughs> note, the dollar store has really upped their book game, ladies and gentlemen. Like, they have really if started you getting some good save books in there. And you want physical copies, go to the dollar <laughs> store. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I definitely but, did do that a lot when I wasn't going to, like, used bookstores. I would go to the dollar store and you'd find just about something for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? I, I love the dollar store or the dollar twenty-five stores, we should call it now. Uh that's yeah. a whole side note how I feel about that, but uh <laughs> like twenty-five percent increase, that's crazy. Um anyway, but yeah, they uh, I've always like I've always gone to like thrift stores and flea markets and, and bookstores to get copies of books just because I love to read. If I showed you my bookshelf, you'd be disgusted. Um just no, because I, I have I a applaud you for actually <laughs> I'm going to send you pictures when we're done because it's just, it's a lot. Um, But I just love grabbing new books and new things to read. So it doesn't mean I always read them. You know, sometimes they sit on my shelf for quite a long time, but um, I just, I love, I usually go by the cover, to be honest. That's how I pick a book that I'm going to read. It's all about the cover art. It really is. Um, But when it came to like Jane Austen books, it was just kind of like I used to go to the library with my mom and my sisters all the time. Like I said, I was the avid reader, so it was really more for me than them. And (laughs) it was like, what can I get? Because we can't come back for another week and a half. What's going to last me a week and a half here? (laughs) Like, And it still didn't. It took me less than a day. But I mean, I finished the Harry Potter books in less than a day. So each one, not all together, obviously. (laughs) Hey, you know. Still pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, I read very fast. So Okay, well. Cool, cool, cool. So all together, um uh, uh th- this has just been cool because we're actually just getting into how it just kind of developed our reading style and what have you. <laughs> yeah, and honestly I, I read a lot too because it's a good way to develop your uh vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So and reading out loud helps your, uh, you know, public speaking. So public speaking, actually, yep. just kind of persona. Uh, yep, it's just all kinds of factors there. Okay. Oh yeah, it's absolutely beneficial. <laughs> Badass. So, uh, I wish I had something as intriguing and insightful as a period drama, but I don't. I have basically the king of sword and sandals. I have Homer's The Iliad. That's a fantastic book. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's basically when I got, you know, into late high school, like I just fell the hell in love with Greek mythology. I just looked forward to who whichever character I would portray and how each god symbolized all kinds of things. And it's just epic, epic. You know, I already liked 
you know, watching movies about Vikings and gladiators and <laughs> sorcerers and what have you. And, but I was more even to in that, you know, it's like, this is ancient, you know, this is uh, the founder of Greek mythology, like what it is written about how these guys, you know, answer to these gods and then incorporated into actual, you know, Greek rulers and what have you. It's like, yeah, it just makes you wonder. It's like, what were said rulers, you know, thinking back then? How did, was the fall of Troy by, you know, actual, you know, Greek gods intervening and, and affecting the outcome of the war? You know, it just affects everything from Joseph Campbell to, you know, just sci-fi epics and what have you. And, uh, you know, I see people even shit on the movie Troy. I don't mind it as that kind of movie, but I would have actually not minded actually seeing some fantasy elements incorporated into there. Um, it did make me read similar books like uh, Michael Crichton's Eaters of the Dead, which you might know as the 13th Warrior. <laughs> right. We'll return after these messages. Hello and welcome to Culture Shocked, the pop culture podcast brought to you by four aging millennials and our outdated opinions. Join us every Tuesday as we discuss movies, TV, games, and even music, new and old. Dude, what do you think you're doing? Are you seriously trying to record a promo without us right now? Well, uh, yeah. Dude, you can't just do the promo by yourself. Who's going to listen to that? Yeah, and you probably haven't even told them that we're a pop culture podcast where we always agree on everything. Uh, for instance, the Sam Raimi trilogy easily being the best of the Spider-Man movies. J no, no. But I think we can all agree that Jaws is a classical masterpiece. Mm, nope, don't like that. But we do all agree that the sequel trilogy of Star Wars is the best in the Skywalker saga, right, guys? That comment is so ridiculous, I don't even know where to Anyways, uh, that'll do it from all of us here at Culture Shock. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You gotta sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world, and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, <laughs> not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Cool thing about blind knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. 
We are in the US, we are in the UK, we are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. BlindKnowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. It's pretty cool if you like just Viking folklore. Basically, it's an Arab emissary who's asked to follow these Vikings, and it it has parallels with uh, Beowulf. And, you know, oh, I've, nice. read, I've read some of that, you know, in in class, but you know, that's a hard very hard to translate very hard read (laughs) it's even when you have people performing the different parts it's a lot to take in and i think just homer's the iliad just i just intrigued even more by because you know it's not you know people think when they think greek gods they think of just hercules and other crap like that and i'm just like no but there's something more to it you're just seeing all just uh, you know it goes from swords and sandals and it becomes sword and sorcery and then it just all the other intrigue and just reading that along with Shakespeare plays pretty much just determined how my respect for how these have been adapted nonstop all throughout the years. Right. Uh, but all together, I, yeah, I, I have you, are you into any of Homer's various uh, Greek mythology? I love Greek mythology. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I've, read it anytime recently no Uh, honestly i haven't read much anything recently but um (laughs) it's definitely something that piques my interest i'm actually working on a novel myself that kind of plays into the gods and goddesses and things like that so you want to create your own world with your own set of rules your own universes and your own gods that affect the change right (laughs) okay cool 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 uh so yeah, uh, whatever your next pick is, I think we're getting to the end of our list. You, we, yeah, I have one more on my list, and then I have a couple just honorable mentions. Um, the next one on my list is another oldie. It's Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Um, oh, I'm sure you've heard of it. You're going uh, way, uh, way back. <laughs> yeah, um, there. it's definitely one of my favorites just because it's – less you know it does have that you know happy ending but there's so much struggle beforehand so much struggle and so much you know abuse and mental issues and you know just kind of going through this poor girl like she goes through it most of her life you know and it's like being this damaged person and and settling for you know trying not to settle for a damaged love or or a situation that she's not comfortable with and kind of put mm. her foot down and then ending up going back to be with that person anyway but only after he's become like a damaged and broken man so it's just a really good read so okay the movie was good too so most of the adaptations are pretty good so yeah there's been like a dozen adaptations of Jane Oh absolutely at least at least it's either that or Lady Charlie's lover <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm just kidding so do you dig this uh what, what 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 do you think is compelling about this book this book just um just again, the struggle just... honestly you know um she was abused a lot as a child because she was taken in by you know someone who didn't want her and you know just they sent her to the school that was like equally kind of abusive and still trying to find the positives in it and still ends up you know leaving on good terms and go back and working at the school. And um, she ends up working at this place to take care of this man's daughter. 
and she falls in love with them. He proposes to her, but then it turns out he's already married. The girl's just insane. And he kind of keeps her like locked up and, you know, there's just like a bunch of crazy stuff. So she runs off and there's so much more, but yeah, you'd have to read or at least watch the movie, but it's just really good. But she goes through it, man. And like relatable. So <laughs> well, there you have it. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, it definitely keeps you entertained. I could not have summed it up better. So that's I don't think anyone else could, you know. Nice. Uh, Cause I see other people say it's either romantic or it's about imprisonment, but I I you're pretty much just summed it all of it up. You just summed up all the elements, huh? yeah i mean both so (laughs) why not both okay so i'm going with samuel clemens but to the world he's known as mark twain mr philosopher uh, i can't speak today philosopher philosopher why am i pronouncing it that way that's stupid um and uh humorist uh mark twain i am going with this one his only adventures of huckleberry finn (laughs) nice that's a good Uh, choice too i was just trying to go back and just one i'm just trying to think of one that wasn't thick that didn't make me have to force myself to finish it you know because you know there's plenty of other ones like arthur miller's the crucible and what have you i was like no let's let's go with one that just was a cool adventure that i really would legit like to see someone do an animated or live action version of Years ago, I just thought, hey, why doesn't Walt Kilmer star in this with the Coen brothers or some shit like that? You know, and it just no one ever yeah. adapted it. I do not know why. Is it just is it because it's set during slavery, you know, post-Civil War about the South? I, I mean, you could literally just make it be an adventure and just reinforce the whole notion of two unlikely friends, you know. Tom Sawyer's the wild child while Huck Finn's just the runaway kid, you know. <laughs> I just think it would be movie magic and no one's wanted to touch it. I don't know why. Yeah, well, probably because of the slavery aspect of it. I think so. I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't acknowledge it. Uh, I just thought it was just an interesting just look also at just kind of just... It's hard to describe, just kind of just the escapism aspect. You know, what would it be probably like in the 1860s if you were just going state to state at that time on the road and characterizing all their characters? You know, Huck Finn has a more kind of reserved kind of look and Sawyer's is kind of all like, I kind of always got a notion that he was kind of like, again, that era's version of kind of a hippie he's like dude you think too long and hard about this you gotta just go with it you gotta be your own guy you gotta be your own person you gotta be your own dill (laughs) right Uh, i mean and they both have their pros and their cons like huck finn has kind of been just a farm boy but he feels kind of imprisoned by his you know strict parents and uh in the the various uh colorful people he meets that he gets into trouble with and you know it's, it's almost Hatfields and McCoy's level and I like how Sawyer can kind of do everything from just go fishing and hunting to uh just all other sorts of things he's kind of the gadget man in a way so I'm just right I I just uh, an unlikely uh buddy duo and I I I, I totally recommend it to anyone who's 
read any version of it and thoughts <laughs> great i mean i i really like it because it kind of makes you question like what is the true price of freedom you know yeah uh, it really makes you think about things so that's mm-hmm. you know one of my favorite parts of it um it gives a lot that you can take away from it so you want to find a better life you know and you, everybody else is kind of against you on that yeah it makes you yes. kind of think of morality like what is right and wrong mm-hmm. so definitely a good read fun fact actually about mark twain as a side note because he's one of my favorites as well um he was born two weeks after Haley's comet's closest approach was in 1835 uh, and then he left with Haley's comet when he died when it came uh, back <laughs> so fun fact wow yeah <laughs> weird but fun fact no that's that's neat um, damn. <laughs> so anybody born, if Bailey's Comet ever comes back, is going to be the next Mark Twain, is what I'm saying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's go for it, guys. Because uh, he left us all this knowledge, all these metaphors, all these sayings. <laughs> Someone's got to restate them, be the next one. Yeah, I'm full of like random fun facts. So uh, I, I'm glad. Once again, I'm glad you brought up this whole topic and uh you're, you're gonna close this out uh, what, what's your part five of your list <laughs> well i have a few honorable mentions i'll just list them real quick as a close out um <laughs> the looking glass wars by frank better another good alice in wonderland twist a lot of battles a lot of you know struggle for you know who's gonna be because alice is a princess but the red queen kind of took over in a dictatorship style um good book good read um, there's definitely more than one, so check them out. Um, Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. The book, fantastic. Movie was a really good rendition of the book, but the book has a lot more in it. So definitely a good read. Everyone gets into a war of words over Ernest Klein when it's kind of meant to be kind of a fun book, and some people just find some of the way he writes hackneyed or some shit. And I'm just like, I don't think it was meant to be too serious, really, right? <laughs> Uh, I think people just get kind of triggered with the way um, he set the world up. You know, like everybody's really close quarters. You know, they're they're in this fantasy world as a way to escape reality because it sucks, you know, in stacked up trailers, everybody's poor. And I mean, the way the world is right now, I think people just get scared because they think that's where we're headed. Um, because in a way we are. I mean, we we go to social media as a way to escape from reality. You've got these virtual reality things now. So I think it's just more the fear when they read that, like, is this what's going to happen to us kind of thing? Oh, I, well, I mean, that, that could definitely be true. I was mainly just talking, why does people make a fuss about how he does grammar and everything? It just sounds very jealous or like nitpicky for the sake of nitpicky. Yeah, people will find something to complain about and everything. I mean... I gave up on uh, what's his name who did uh, uh, Aragon after a while. It just seemed like he was just taking better stuff from other fantasy books and movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's other times where it just seems like, I mean, it's not like they said on record with an ego, I'm the best author of all time. It just seems like other times, like people yeah. put words in their mouth and like, I think they're just making a living doing what you guys are too bitter to actually get off your ass and do. <laughs> right. I mean, shit. Uh, so good picks, good picks. And once again, thank you for suggesting this very fun sit down. 
Of course, of course. Uh, do you have anything on uh, your podcast, uh, Hose on the Run? <laughs> Hoe on the go. Hoe on the go. So um, why would I? It's okay. <laughs> but the hose are on the run. So I have it's listened okay. to it, but it is good. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually just had my season finale for season two. Uh, season three, I'm going to take a break because I did not take a break between season one and two. And with the holidays and everything, it's just, and I have a mental health project that I also have. Um, I'm just kind of um, putting that to the side for now. I am pre-recording some of the episodes and I will be going live um, like this weekend. I'll be in New York. I'm a comedian. So I'll be at SantaCon um, with the rest of the crazy people of New York dressed in a Santa suit. So uh, I will be live streaming some of that. And the week after actually my own comedy show, I'm going to be doing a live episode there with interviews and stuff with the comedians. Um, and then I'll drop one episode that I pre-recorded just for fun. But season three won't actually start until January just because I'm switching platforms and kind of how I run things. Um, I have a lot of powerful episodes coming up. My season three opener is going to be about human trafficking. So I try to, um, I mean, it is like, fun and 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 I try to keep it fun and light but it's it is a variety show so I want to get into some more powerful topics with it as well because now I have the voice and the platform to do so right it doesn't make sense to overpower yourself or again you know just uh just run out of material or just feel like uh, you're just talking to yourself and (laughs) Yeah, well, I think for me, it's just, it's just more like, because I have so much going on, I don't like to do things rushed or, you know, present like not top quality material. Um, I mean, my Hell on the Go podcast is based off a book I wrote in my twenties called the Ho Handbook. Um, So I I really have a lot of topics that are from that book, but now I kind of want to branch out a little bit from that. Um, Just because through my mental health project, I've met a lot of people I want to be able to give them the platform to speak more. And now that I have a pretty good listening following and a lot of followers on my Hell on the Go podcast, um, I want to use that, you know, for good and not for evil, so to speak. There you um, go. But there are still, you know, there are some episodes that are sexually based and there will still be sexually based episodes just because I do teach you know, people how to please and be pleasing through sexual and self-empowerment. So everyone's thinking it regardless of where they want to talk about it. So. That's right. And I'm the one saying it. So <laughs> you're very progressive with your tone too, as well. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's the trauma. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I don't, I don't know. It just seems like <laughs> half the time people like to, again, if they're not trolling each other on TikTok, they're accusing each other of being a loaded talk show. And it's like, well, you got to actually listen to the talk show before you, you state. Hey, you know, I do or don't like your tones. Like, well, we can only improve with like some criticism. And it was Absolutely. cool meeting you and others on Twitter because I mean, there's just so many people who like some of them actually want to collaborate and others just kind of want to just bitch and ask loaded questions. <laughs> and I'm now trying to restrict some of my activity on that. I'm like, do you actually care or do you just want clicks? <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I've noticed a lot of people too with their podcasts are just kind of like, like you'll reach out to try to be a guest or something and they're just like really like high and mighty about it. Um, right. like I don't, I don't see you. Promo. I'm like, no, unless yeah, no. you go on the show, I'm not playing shit, dude. Come on. Yeah. And, and I'm the same way. Like I do in my audio version, put commercials and stuff in, but it's just, if, even if I haven't been on the show, it's just one that I support what they do, you know? And if I too, see people, yeah, it just, 
yeah if i see people like just being really um it's it's not that we can't be selective with who our guests are because i totally respect that it's just kind of like the way you shove people out you know um like i've had one that was just like really nasty to me for no reason i was just kind of like it's kind of unnecessary you know i don't see you on the top 20 list anywhere so i don't think you have the right you know to be that kind of high and mighty about it yeah it's like they're calm and collected when they're on a podcast and then they're just a psychopath on social media (laughs) i had one uh hysterical podcaster pal of mine and she was just noting like she's running like three different podcasts like her kids have gotten into it her husband and it's all this shit it's fun and she she had one guy who was like complaining about uh her not like she was on his show and he was like oh you didn't share my promo and you know then he was on her show and and she's like okay you're gonna share my promo you know, it's just like it's just right. funny. You know, I was like, I shared you. It's like fair enough. I make sure to rectify that, and now you're doing the same to me that you complain to others about. Come on, no free rides. <laughs> just don't say it. Don't spray it. Just and there, I don't know. It, like you say, there is a lot of animosity on occasion, and it just gets a little tiresome because it's like, okay, we're all here to grow. If I don't like someone, I'm just not gonna listen to the show but I'm not going to go on Twitter and stalk you or just refuse to be, you know, maybe they're not even being involved with that show anymore. Or maybe again, you know, you don't have to be a fan of the person's work to actually interact with them as a human being. (laughs) Right. But it does get annoying too. how, yeah, uh, some of them are deliberately asking loaded questions and others aren't in on the joke. And then there's others where it's like, I don't really know what they're going for, but I'm just going to sit here on the side and just may or may not acknowledge you. But uh, (laughs) uh, it is cool that there are different ways to talk about different subject matter on Twitter. And I don't know, I see others complaining about how the fact that they have to give a trigger warning is like, well, that's how you avoid having to have this conversation a million different times (laughs) just talk about what you're about to talk about. And if someone still complains, they can't say they weren't warned. (laughs) okay yeah but hey no glad you could be on here you're welcome back anytime Uh, let's pick a topic and i'll let you know when this airs (laughs) all right sounds good well thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it i'm always down to talk about books so totally i mean you should have seen the list and having to condense it like i still had like four more where i'm like wait wait and i'm like no no we'll be here all day so uh it was an interesting challenge and I I had fun. I'm glad you did too. Especially yeah, I since did. you Thank suggested you so it. Much. <laughs> yeah. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up review show. It's a jacked up review show. Jacked up review show.